ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to Shadowcast, episode 26. I'm Whiskey Neon, joined this evening with Mr. Chin. Hello. And Wirefall. Welcome to the machine. <laughs> and possibly Black Math, but chances are no. So, <laughs> what, uh, Mr. Chin, before the show started, you were telling us all this really cool stuff you were doing. You want to uh, tell the listeners about it? No, not really. Well, alrighty then. Uh, how, Waterfall, did you do anything fun this past week? Well, DHA was pretty cool last night. Yeah. Um, had uh, good attendance and uh, some really good talks and some very interesting guests, which uh, I think you can extrapolate on a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we had uh, uh, just kind of like they came in late and it was a film crew uh, and it was for, uh, they told us it was like for a TV show or whatever. And on cyber terrorism, cyber, yeah. cyber, cyber, cyber. Yeah. Uh, everything except for cyber sex is what they wanted to cover and they were asking for input on like uh, places in the world they could travel to to cover uh, possibly have interviews with people who are subject matter experts uh, and other things so uh, at, at some point after the main talks during the social time I went back there and interviewed them for a bit and, uh, or they interviewed me, I should say, for a bit. And then afterwards, uh, I find out it was for the NRA. And I was like, oh, shit. Because I, uh, covered all this stuff with Hillary Clinton. And, uh, that's totally just gonna be, you know, I was asking about the email scandal and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, so the NRA, <laughs> there'll be a video eventually with an interview of me and it's uh, with on the NRA, NRA news on uh, their front lines program. So, yeah, front lines, not to be confused with PBS's front line. Uh, but yeah, yeah, interesting people. What was your thoughts, Waterfall? Interesting people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, it, yeah, he had some, I mean, the stories, it was, he's a legitimate wartime correspondent, uh, goes to really, uh, undesirable areas and, uh, like Detroit. Exactly. That's what he <laughs> said. Uh, the, uh, um, and, uh, when evidently when Colonel North, Oliver North, uh, travels outside the U S he's his official photographer. So I'm sure there's some really crazy stories over there. Yeah. And, uh, he does, he, he's, he's done stuff uh, for multiple organizations and written, like, at least six books. At least one of them was uh, him and Oliver North writing together. And that show that the interview was for is uh, Oliver North's show. And the two of them, like, do all of the, the hosting of the show. I did share with him that one of my favorite quotes ever was actually from Oliver North. Uh, during the Iran-Contra <clears throat> uh, testifying, um, when he was asked why he had, because he was accused of destroying evidence, right. he was asked why he had a paper shredder in his office, and your straight face looked at him to shred papers. 
why else do you have a paper shredder in your office? Yeah. I, I think it would actually be a bad thing if he didn't have a paper shredder, shredder in his <laughs> office, yeah. But yeah, the interview was really fun. Uh, I, I, I was able to talk about, obviously, the Hillary Clinton email scandal, some uh, campaign manipulation, uh, and then, let's see, uh, the San Bernardino FBI Apple thing. What can we do to protect the common user? What threats are out there? How likely is someone to be hacked? Et cetera, et cetera. Just going over all kinds of different shit. And it was pretty pretty interesting. Uh, so we'll see how it turns out. Hopefully I, I don't come off as a douchebag or some shit like that. I don't want it to come off that way. But who knows? I, you're just a better man than me. I, I would not talk about Hillary Clinton in public. <laughs> well, in retrospect, <laughs> I probably, if I would have thought about it, like, I thought this was going to be something that would be on TV, and, like, with the NRA, that's very antagonistic, you know what I'm saying? Because if it was on PBS, for example, no one would even probably watch it anyways. <laughs> but with the NRA, that's, like, like the opposite of Hillary Clinton. So it's it's like showing this th- this content that was only previously shown at DHA. Uh, it's not something that I necessarily <laughs> want in that environment that's really bad. But hopefully they don't try to frame me as like a Jester 2.0 or some shit because that would just fucking ruin me. You know, the jester can just be buds and hang out. Yeah, yeah, he, he and Bourbon Xenon can finally <laughs> mend old wounds. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it as far as that goes. But it was a good DHA. So any, did you do anything outside of that that was cool? I, well, I, uh, I finally, um, I've been talking about for probably not just months, but maybe even years of, uh, starting up a project to help with the documentation uh, of findings when we do VAs, pen tests. Um, so when Nessus comes out with, hey, it's susceptible to logjam, there's a Diffie-Hellman moduli less than or equal to 1024-bit. How do you show that other than taking a screen cap of, here's the Nessus report that said it? Yeah. It's stupid. Um, <clears throat> and uh, so there's ways, there's different tools. People use, you know, you can use SSLIs, uh, OpenSSL, S-Client, uh, NMAP, Metasploit, all have different modules for different findings. Um, so coming up with a, here are all the different tools you can use for each finding in Nessus, or if you're open, using OpenVAS, you can do the plug-in numbers for that. Um, not to standardize reporting, but so that you don't have to remember how the hell did I do that before. Right. You just go and you enter the plug-in ID, you go to that wiki little page, and it shows you all the tools you can use and exactly the commands to run. Um, and then you get your screen cap and everybody's happy. So, uh, finally, I mean, it only has three findings in it now. It was just proof of concept, but, uh, right. so I presented that at DHA and, uh, I think it went over fairly well. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to being able to, uh, use it and extend on it and it'll be a fun project once it's out. So, and I, I went with tiddlywiki, uh, just because it's completely portable. So, uh, throw it in a folder on a USB drive. So if you're testing uh, internally somewhere that you don't have 
internet access or it's very limited, you can just throw that up there and you don't have to uh, Google how to Google which, you know, uh, Metasploit module you use for showing SMB signing disabled. You yeah. <laughs> pop open your USB drive and you got it. Yeah, and that's really handy. Uh, it's like uh, uh, the RTFM for, uh, you know. For documentation. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> what did I call it? Uh, I was really trying to come up with a uh, acronym that was HODO. Because <laughs> it seemed relevant, but I couldn't do that. Uh, the the SCARD wiki, S-C-A-R-D, uh, screen capture and reproducible documentation. There you go. So SCARD wiki. Uh, you plan on releasing that soon? Oh, yeah, definitely. Cool, yeah, cool. I'll throw it up on GitHub. And away we go. All right, well... If that wraps up everything there, we can move into the first segment of the show. Now it's time for the feed. So Tumblr uh, has notified uh, their users of a data breach that resulted in uh, the compromise of email addresses and hash passwords. Now, they didn't say how many were affected, but... uh, now the data is up for sale and it is 65 million records. So there is a uh, black market on tour uh, called The Real Deal. And uh, this is the same person who is selling the 167 million passwords from LinkedIn. And so uh, uh, that's pretty crazy. And uh, this uh, apparently happened in 2013. So uh, again, this is an older uh, dump of passwords that just recently came to light. Uh, And in a related note, uh, 427 million MySpace passwords are uh, being sold for 2,800 bucks. And What's funny about this is this is very similar to the LinkedIn uh, uh, breach and the and the sold passwords there, in which there's 427 million passwords, but there's only 360.2 million uh, emails addresses. I don't know what the fuck that is about. Why they don't? Why they have more passwords than emails? If anything, you would assume it'd be the other way around. But uh, the same uh, user, peace underscore, what up? Peace underscore of underscore mind, uh, it not only sold the LinkedIn, the Tumblr, and the MySpace, but he is also selling 40 million passwords from the uh, adult dating website fling.com. Kind of like adult friend finder. Is it, uh, is it peace, P-I-E-C-E, or peace, yeah, P-E-A-C-E? like, peace, bro. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So he's not an Iron Maiden fan. <laughs> no. Well, maybe. We don't know. Uh, but in the MySpace breach, uh, the most popular password, what do y'all think? One, two, three, four, five, six. Nope, that was number four. Okay. The the number one is Homeless PA with 855,000. That's a bot then or something. A fucking huge one. Yeah. Homeless PA. 
Yeah, insane, right? Number two, just password one. Number three is ABC123. You know, all that random bullshit. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah. That's a huge bot. Oh, huge fucking bot. <laughs> yeah. And then 12 is password 2009 with 130,000 accounts. Another one. That, that's insane. I, I like number 13. Fuck you, one. <laughs> and then 14, right after it is, I love you, one. <laughs> and so, the MySpace passwords in particular were uh, were originally hashed with SHA-1, so that's fucked. Uh, and that's one thing that, you know, is pretty interesting if you think about it. Uh, with people's poor password uh, changing, you know... Uh, uh, schedules from non-existent to a couple years to oh shit all my stuff got hacked now I'm using the same password for all of my accounts for you know that type of thing with with these shitty password methods um, it's very possible that millions of these accounts on MySpace from years ago are still using the same password and even though they were doing SHA-1 hashing, which was probably, you know, completely acceptable at the time. If they were salting. Right. Yeah. That's one problem with it. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, as as time goes on and we're able to, you know, advance with our computing power and crack older algorithms, uh, that that's an issue that... You know, we're going to see a whole lot more, I think, of is, you know, sites are compromised. And even today we see clear tech shit all the time. So even hashing is a little bit better than, than nothing. And then salting you would hope for, but isn't the case. Uh, and it's not difficult. You just add a salt to it. It doesn't prevent each one from still being decrypted, but you can't right. create rainbow tables. Exactly, so. exactly. Uh, but with time, and we're talking years here, the Russian Business Network with time and their resources, uh, yeah, like the frequency of these passwords, like password one and shit like that, that's something you could actually go for. And then you, you probably own that account. MySpace one was number five with, uh, 276,000 accounts. So you could probably assume for other websites with that email address, it's going to be that Facebook one. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> shit like that. And then the uh, the news of TeamViewer where their servers went down, uh-huh. and uh, around the same time, all these uh, uh, users started complaining about being hacked. That it sounded like it looked like it was coming through TeamViewer. Uh, they're still denying it, and who knows what it is. But there's uh, they've also brought up the possibility because of all of these breaches. It could just be password reuse because it's yeah. not affecting everyone. It's just affecting a, a number, you know, a minority, but a vocal minority of their users. Right. It could just be password reuse, and their other accounts have been breached. It's a very real possibility, and it w- would definitely be something to look at. I mean, uh, TeamViewer has a lot of uh, remote administration. Like you could have a remote uh, shell, basically. Oh, yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just install what? your rat on all of these accounts. Yeah. It's a great way to have your own botnet. And set the password to homeless PA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, 
another uh, hacked uh, account that occurred was uh, Katy Perry, the most uh, followed individual on Twitter with 89 million followers. Her Twitter account was hacked. Uh, so, what is funny about this, this is pretty entertaining, uh, the, this, uh, account was claiming that, uh, you know, this was the person behind hacking her, uh, Twitter account and showed these email screenshots proving it, um, and, uh, a lot of people were trying to say that it was just using the MySpace password that was leaked of hers, but he, this person says no, that's not what it was. But I really love the idea of having uh, her account taken over using her MySpace password. But uh, that's uh, uh, the the pictures that he showed. If, if, if you're at that level, though, you don't manage your own accounts, right? Exactly. So, exactly. I mean, it's not even her. Unless you're Donald Trump. <laughs> Unless you're Donald Trump. In which there's only one person in the world who can manage his Twitter account. <laughs> and it's uh, him. So, uh, the pictures that were posted were, uh, uh, they included password resets, uh, with one by Twitter itself, and the screenshot of a SoundCloud takedown notice for a song, Witness 1.3, that could be an unreleased track. So, uh, this dude started, uh, tweeting shit as her, and, uh, the one of the tweets was you a fag at Kim Kim Star and then uh Miss You Baby at Taylor Swift. Uh and then Would that uh, be the Swift on security? No, it wasn't Swift on Security. Um But yeah, so Katy Perry got hacked and uh And nothing of value was lost. And nothing of value was lost. But kudos to whoever took over the most followed Twitter account on Twitter. You know, you really think that there would be, like, Twitter, you know, for Twitter for government accounts for people in Washington. They have an office set up in Washington, D.C., set up for politicians to be able to have, you know, training on how to use Twitter, how to not get your shit owned, and stuff like that. But, but, but how did they own it when... We lost our Dallas hackers because Tanker yeah. always logged in through VPNs. So it logged in. He, he knew the password, yeah. but they, they blocked the access to the account because uh, the VPNs were from all over the world. Yeah. So if you're, you know, it seems like more of these things would be blocked because legitimate freaking users trying to just be secure are blocked right. by Twitter. Well, this individual had the, the email account. So... The email account... So he had access to her email. Yeah, yeah. So resetting the password on Twitter is probably... Oh, what oh, that, that'd be occurred. trivial then, yeah. Yeah, yeah. How, the big question is, how do you get... Because the then email, he didn't yeah. he didn't hack Twitter, he hacked her email. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Which the end result was getting into the Twitter. Now... Well, the end result, when you hack that, is pretty much getting into any account yeah, they have. Being, yeah, and you know, it said SoundCloud, so that's a... Right, you know, okay. But he could have potentially authenticated via Twitter, but I cannot imagine Katy Perry is authenticating the SoundCloud via Twitter. That would just... There's no way. There's Whatever no way. PR person does, you know. Yeah. So, uh, 
But I'm really surprised that two-factor authentication isn't something that, you know, celebrities would be using in that in that case. I mean, their person, the, their PR person, whoever sets up yeah. their fucking phone for them. There, there's a business opportunity. What? Secure communications for... Celebs. Celebs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you would just make an app that, that communicates to your server, and then only your server has the... The, the ability to post to Twitter. So, you get what I'm saying? So, like, it's a separate app. It's not the official Twitter well, you, No, app. no, you say it's end-to-end, end, but then you in, in, you intercept all the fat pictures. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> you just... Yeah, yeah, exactly. You just get all of this shit that you can then use to extort <laughs> the fuck out of them. Learn all of their fucking secrets <laughs> and all their dirty shit. And then... I don't want to know. Uh, oh, that's power, man. You know how much money you can make off that and get things going and get killed? There are things you cannot unsee. It's true. Yeah, I, I, I learned that with the, uh, uh, what's that fucker's name? Is it something Durst? That shitty Fred. name? What? Fred Durst. Is it Fred Durst? Yeah. What, what shitty name was that? Uh, it was one of those, like, Corn, all those new metal, like, what what was it? Oh, I don't remember. Fred Durst, he had a sex tape. And it was leaked right after uh, Paris Hilton's. That shit, you cannot unsee. You cannot unsee it. Why did you see it in the first place? Because it was like uh, a lulzy time <laughs> when T-Mobile, you could get into all these celebrities' T-Mobile accounts and just fucking see all of their no, shit. No, why would you... I don't know. I really don't know. But you know, it's the it's it's kind of like why would you go to 4chan knowing what's on 4chan? I don't go to 4chan. <laughs> I know. <laughs> sure. Speaking of uh, being able to see all of the shit, that kind of translates us into uh, our second article of the night. The uh, recently um, looks like KeyPass Two has an auto update feature, and that particular feature uh, is done over ClearText uh, HTTP protocol. Um, this has been... Uh, looks like it downloads the manifest and from there um, updates the program. Now, I personally don't use the program, so I don't have a whole lot of insight into what uh, the process is there, but there is some sort of manifest file. It is being uh, grabbed in the clear, and the uh, maintainer has indicated that he's uh, <clears throat> not going to fix it. Because a let's encrypt yeah. certificate is so fucking expensive. I know, I don't really? understand. Because I jimmied one up today at work. Exactly. Yeah. I like I don't understand why you wouldn't fix it. It's just like adding a fucking character. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's literally adding a character and that's it. A little more because you want to do the validation that somebody's not doing man in the middle. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But received uh opening, yeah. yeah. So receive response from the maintainer. The vulnerability will not be fixed. The indirect costs of switching to HTTPS, like lost advertisement revenue, make it an inviable solution. Lost advertisement revenue? That's what's quoted, yes. Lost advertisement revenue how? I, I'm not sure. This has a CVE of 2016. So advertisers have access to your passwords. That's nice. Well, that... I. I don't really understand this because 
it, I can understand if he has ads on his website, which he does, and that's cool. But you can still deliver ads over fucking SSL. Like, <laughs> like the, the like HTTPS does not mean no, you can't monetize. Uh, tell that to Google, you know. You could lose monetization because they're using the HTTP to intercept all the passwords. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It, it, well, it's KeyPass, right? You, you, yeah. I, and you don't use KeyPass? I um, I was for a little while, but I've switched things up a little bit lately. What do you use there, Mr. Chin? Yeah. Um, fucking text file? No, I'm um, a, a variety of methods. <laughs> I'm like. I, I'm really curious to know. I'll, I'll step up. I use uh, password safe with YubiKeys. Yeah. I, I've wanted to look at that, but I, I use uh, KeyPass X, which is a fork that was originally developed for OS X, but now it's a native uh, Linux, uh, I think Windows, and, uh, and, and OS X. So, and then I use uh, Android keypad's client, but uh, yeah, I use I use that with uh, with a key file and uh, key. So one thing, kids, is be careful with that fucking key file. Oh yeah. Because <laughs> oh, I was fucked years ago with my key file. I don't know what happened. And, to and it. if you access a key file, you can change it. Yeah. I mean that's the thing is it it it. I've done that before where I had a key file. It was, um, uh, uh, I used an MP3. Uh-huh. Um, and I happened to just play the MP3. Well, it added song info. It went up and up the, the Windows oh, program went shit. and updated the metadata on it, which oh. changed the fucking key, oh, key file. <laughs> so it no longer worked. Uh. Luckily, I had a backup, but oh, yeah. That was... <laughs> yeah, that's what, I have a backup, multiple backups of yeah. my key file. And my key file is a file that you can access on the internet in a way that, uh, yeah, you can access it. But then again, if something changes with that file on the internet, because I was always thinking like, wait, what, I want a static file that's not going to change that I can also pull down from the internet again. You know what I mean? Um, suggestion is just, uh, uh, take one of those static files that you have, Mm -hmm. because I'm sure you have thousands available on, on your websites. Um, Run it through a. Uh, you take that and run it through like SHA 1 or SHA 256 or whatever and use the digest as a key file. Ah. So it's never up there, but you can always recreate it. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. I like that idea. Neat. Well, cool. Well, thank you, Mr. Shim, for that. You got another story? I do not. Wow, I thought you had more than one story. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. At least at least not for this section. Okay, well, can you please tell us what you use for your password management? Uh, no. Why? That's just security through obscurity, and now it's a challenge, and I will find <laughs> your new house. <laughs> Do you really want that to happen? Because I don't. I, I don't either. Okay, so tell us what you do. Is it a password book, like on a notepad? I, no, I use uh, I use a um, password manager. But you're not I telling do, us which one? I do use some physical uh, written passwords as well in my safe and yeah, you know, um, somewhat obfuscated. Right. But yeah. 
Yeah, something that can help you remember. Exactly. Yeah. Well, the, uh... Quinoa. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Chin, uh, one last question. Uh, is it a text file that's, like, PGP encrypted or something? Uh, something along those lines. Okay, I figured it was... So it's not like a, an official password manager, it's something you've kind of put together yourself? On top of an official password manager. Oh, okay, cool. Nice. Interesting. Well... And it and it, uh, it informs you what the hell was that? That was the Redbox 25 oh. cents stone. <clears throat> and does, uh... Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, a waterfall. Did you have a story? I think you did something about uh, I I remember originally uh, Mr. Chin was gonna cover that story, but yet yeah, you you were talking about it earlier. Uh, there was Team Viewer. There was uh. Was it Team Viewer? I thought there was some other shit. Um, Maybe it was just Team Viewer. From the scary side, I, I'd I'd be happy to to talk about the uh, the uh, computer simulation. <laughs> shit. Yeah, yeah. Talk okay. about that. That's interesting. Because well, one of the uh, one of the things I've uh, uh, mentioned multiple times since uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson uh, brought it up in April of this year that uh, when he was directly asked on a on a uh, uh, board um, if he thought the universe was a simulation, he said it was very likely. Uh, so this isn't the holographic universe concept. Um, this is that it's actually a simulation where we're part of a computer simulation. Like the Matrix. Exactly. Basically. And... Uh, I, I think it's a fairly intelligent guy, and yeah. uh, um, so that that struck me as like, wow, this you know something to consider. I, I don't understand how that could possibly be. And then uh, just uh, today, there was an article from Elon Musk, um, another very intelligent guy, uh, that said it is one in billions chance we're not living in a computer simulation. That we're not. That we're not one in billions chance that we're not living in a computer simulation. Um, which, uh, yeah, I don't know, uh, at that point, why try? Why is he so intent on getting to Mars and, and, and doing all these things? Because, uh, yeah. what the fuck? Do you, do you just get extra bonus points? I mean, you know, it's, uh, you, you're, you're a computer program. Uh, but I, I liked his argument. Uh, I'll, I'll quote it here. He said, uh, the strongest argument for us being a, in a simulation probably is the following. 40 years ago, we had Pong. Like, two rectangles and a dot. Yeah. That was what games were. I played them. Um, that wasn't him, that was me. Now, 40 years later, we have photorealistic 3D simulations with millions of people playing simultaneously, and it's getting better every year. Soon we'll have virtual reality, augmented reality. If you assume any rate of improvement at all, then the games will become indistinguishable from reality. Even if that rate of advancement drops by a thousand from what it is now, then you just say, okay, let's imagine it's 10,000 years in the future, which is nothing on the evolutionary scale. So given that we're clearly on a trajectory to have games that are indistinguishable from reality, and those games could be played on any set-top box, on a PC or whatever, and there would be probably billions of such computers or set-top boxes, it would seem to follow that the odds that we're in a base reality is one in billions. That's all right. So let me <laughs> let me let me propose this. 
I really wish Oz was here because this is totally some shit that he would be all about. I know Mr. Chen absolutely fucking hates this whole entire, like, conversation. So let me start off. Mr. Chen, what mm. say you? Um, it's an interesting argument. Uh, I will, um... Okay, so I'll sit both sides of it. And say, if we are a computer simulation, then the, uh... Powers that be, so to speak, who are controlling, um the actions of each of us uh, from a stimuli level um, really know what the hell they're doing. Um, I'm, I'm not so sure that... I don't know, but but I'm just kind of thinking out loud here that um, there's also the argument to be made that we are a computer simulation, but we're more AI than, than manually controlled from... Uh, an external force. Um, on the other hand, uh, I have seen no evidence myself to um, um, refute, or not refute, the opposite of refute. What's the word I'm looking for? Accept. Uh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. to, to accept uh, this as fact. And yet the vast majority uh, of, uh, of humanity. But, 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 um, I, I think the fact that I once did a rap battle while drunk um, is proof enough that you might be right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and, and you just brought up the point of, you know, um, regardless of our uh, situation there, um, the vast majority of humans on Earth are religious in some form or fashion. Right. And there's nothing there that they can accept with proof. I mean, there, there's no proof. I mean, it's, it's faith. That's what they... they right, right. That's and so, and, and they believe it to be true. We have no proof that this is a... Uh, you know, we're in a simulation. Right. But it's no different than religion. You know, right. Taking it that, honestly. And people are willing to take that jump. Well, so, so we have this... Uh, possibility that what we are living in today is a computer simulation and so this is a common uh not, not that particular scenario but the whole philosophical uh construct of of am i machine or am i an organic being that's sentient that's not a computer or whatever the fuck am i programmed to think these things etc etc that's a cyberpunk theme. You'll see with, uh, like, uh, fucking Ghost in the Shell, that's like the entire movie, is her questioning her uh, own self uh, as an A. Am I an AI or am I a human that has a cybernetic brain? Whatever. So, those ideas have been out there. The Matrix, that whole fucking idea is basically what they're saying is that our reality is a computer simulation. Although, you know, it's a little different in that concept, but... An, an interesting addition is one of one of the uh, people who was on uh, uh, Star Talk, Neil Grass Tyson's mm-hmm. uh, podcast, I uh, was watching, and uh, she, what she does, I, I think I brought this up maybe on a previous one, um, a previous podcast, was uh, she's a, uh, her training is in, I think it's astrophysics or something like that, but she's a, uh, she focuses on the ethics and philosophy of science and how it affects us in our, our life. And uh, 
he was really pushing her to answer this question and because um, I think he knew the answer but she was evading it and he finally brought it down and he, it's it was basically do you believe in free will because the whole thing points if if time is not variable if it's just another one of the dimensions and everything is already played out this is just our perspective of from this point in this time frame but everything's already yeah complete um and she came out, and there's this PhD super smart lady, and she's like, and no. She she couldn't say that there's free will. So she believes that we're predestined for Every, everything. Yeah, everything yeah. is... is all. Hodor. Now, Hodor. <laughs> <laughs> now, now you add to that this whole concept, though, of a simulation. Yeah. So it can't be a game, because the game would already be over. You, you're not playing live. Because if everything's predestined, the game was already played as well. True. Yeah, yeah. So those kind of go to odds with each other. I think if we extend this out to uh, our... <laughs> what the our this podcast, man? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well, we'll get through this real quick. So this argument that this is a simulation, okay, well, let's just take that and put that aside. If we took it, it like, reality as what we understand it right now is this is real and none of this shit's an actual simulation, right? Uh, there's that belief that within, uh, like, my lifetime, sorry bro, Wirefall, you <laughs> may not make it, but with Moore's Law continuing to, uh, progress, we'll hit the, the, the technological singularity, yeah. in which transhumanism will be a, a thing, and, and we're seeing that with movies like Her, where AI is so indistinguishable, uh, that they become sentient. Why, why say sorry? I'm really glad I'm going to die. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Honestly, is at yeah. some point, uh, we're uh, in, with uh, the biological advances in, in the next generation, people are going to live hundreds of years. Right. If not forever. And that destroys everything that all of our civilization, societies, and economies are based on. Right, right. Uh, I'm not saying they can't transform, but in that small of a duration. No, there's going to be complete anarchy. I'm going to be happy to be dead. Be you guys are cool. going to be living in hell, man. It'll be a cyberpunk <laughs> what dream. Only I don't, I don't, not, no, nightmare. Yeah, uh, I don't yeah. think it'll be the dream. I think it'll be the nightmare. But. So, so the, the concept there is the same questions that you would have is uh, if, if I can go from a, who I am right now, my body, and I go into a cybernetic brain is that consciousness is who I am? Does that transfer over to this machine? Am I just data? Or does it come down to where there is something like a soul, the concept of a soul? Uh, I would argue that, no, you're just chemicals and fucking shit in your body. You're organic. But, but, that, but that body has a significant impact on the intellect as well. An unhealthy body makes an unhealthy mind. Exactly. You know. So, so there's things there where that transfer over. If I'm on the operating table and I'm looking over at my future body, is what's in that body just a copy of what I was at that current state, or is my actual self transferred over because my organic body dies and my cybernetic body begins its life? But is that just a clone? Did I actually just die? My thoughts, my feelings, everything about me is cloned at that point, basically. Like a virtual machine, it's just a clone, but yet the original 
does that die or am I actually transferred over? That's So your question is, do virtual machines have souls? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the, that's the thing that I'm trying to draw here is like, if we're going to think about in our current like next 40 years, those type of things that will occur and questioning and ethics, uh, if we are in a simulation, then what the fuck does it matter? It's just... I, I say we invite Kurzweil to the podcast. Greg Kurzweil would be awesome to have on the podcast. And Mr. Chin, you're not a fan of transhumanism. I, you, you've argued against the, the, the singularity. He's just a fan of trannies. <laughs> the sigh. So you don't think that the singularity is near, do you? No, I don't. And what, why do you think that that's not plausible? Um, I think that... Uh, so if you step back and you look at the... Um, I'm going to change slightly change the subject a little bit, but I promise we'll get back to where we are. Okay. If, if you step back a little bit and look at idiocracy and, and look at just the lowest common denominator for what is all of the human race and how that is becoming massively prevalent, especially over the last 20 years... I don't think we're going to get to the point where everything just meshes into itself. I think we're going to get to the point where everyone is just a big fucking idiot. Well, the, the fact is, is like, you could say that, but computers are still progressing. Unless you start, like, becoming a moron and all of the people in tech start becoming morons. No, that's kind of my point, though. Like, e even intellectually, uh... Every, I don't think anyone is safe. I think that... Um, well, but, but look at just, um, you know, one of the things that I, I get really um, motivated in, in, in uh, denouncing is all these people who say, you know, things are worse today than ever, or all these people who say, you know, all of the decline, all of this. Um, we live in a safer place. It's never been safer to be a human than today. The chance of you getting murdered or killed in a war is lower than ever in our history. Uh, of dying of a disease is lower than ever in our history. Um, talking about, uh, you know, I, t I think the average person is freaking a moron and pathetic as well. You get the visions of the Walmart, you know, people website or whatever. Yeah, that they, people, they, Walmart. people at Walmart. A um, uh, hundred years ago, most people were illiterate. Yeah, true. Every, just about everybody can read now. You know, uh, um, yeah, so now they're reading... Uh, Buzzfeed. But, yeah, exactly. But <laughs> that's, well, that's kind of that's kind of my point. Like a hundred years ago, no, almost no one could read, but everyone could kind of take care of themselves. They knew how to grow crops. They knew how to be self-sustaining. Ah, yes, you have a very at, good point there. At, at this point, oh, you yeah, have that's people who, while it. they know how to yeah. read, they're Buzzfeeding. They're they're looking at Facebook. They're immersing themselves in these brain fucks of civilization and. Well, I, I would argue have to worry about taking care of themselves. I mean, you go to the grocery store, you go to Walmart, you go down the the clearance section, you can get junk food for two cents on the dollar, whatever the case may be. You don't have to worry about going off and fighting crows or whatever. And I think, I think that <laughs> angle is going to be um, the downfall of society versus um, the singularity. You know what? I'm, I'm sending an email to Kurtzwell right fucking... now. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about, Kurtzwell. You don't know shit about fighting crows. Come challenge. Come challenge. <laughs> Mr. Chin. Yeah. I understand your point, and I, I, I agree with what you're saying, but I could also counter that with saying that 
were doing this podcast and we all met each other originally in some, well, we've all converged on the internet that is a cesspool of stupidity because all of the stupid people are able to use the internet now, which it used to be where computers were only for geeks. Now it's everyone and, and I mean, everyone has technology in their hands. No, I, and no. that may be true, no, and, but no, and, we were we all got onto the internet in whatever state it was at that time frame in a pursuit of knowledge and growth and intellectual freedom, and not and find whether. But, but, but I don't. I, I don't think, was giving Justin Timberlake a blowjob next. Week. I, I don't. But I, but I don't think we've even touched on it because you, you said the majority of people know that's not the case. Less than fifty percent of humans on Earth have access to the internet. True. You know. And when you start adding those people in, when you start the, the massive changes that it makes in their lives, right. in, in ours it's 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 marginal. It's you know it's it's Virtual, yeah. It, it 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 you know it's it's uh, just a regular upward curve for them. It's asymptotic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It completely changes their life when you know as some of the things that they've been showing the, the the statistics of if you can have a farmer in an impoverished country um, be able to go on the internet and sell his crops. And compete that way, it changes their life completely. Oh, I agree. But when you step, step back and think about what Mark Zuckerberg is doing with his push towards uh, getting everybody in Africa onto Facebook, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to end up in a situation inevitably where, uh, like it was back in the early '90s or the you know mid to late '90s, where AOL, to a large percentage of people, was the internet. Yeah, well, wall and gardens I'm, are going to exist. So, so, so pretty soon in Africa, they're going to have. Alabama fraud scams. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I'm an Alabama king. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, need exactly. <laughs> and status symbols, uh, real life community status symbols, will be judged by the number of Facebook likes and Farmville check-ins. And um, that's but, kind of the way it is in the first world too. Well, no, that is that is true. But um, I'm thinking more along the lines of it's dangerous to get into the that sort of environment though where you you're not able to distinguish that Facebook type reality versus what is actually out there and and where I, I read a statistic now that uh, the majority of I think it was just Americans I don't think it was worldwide um, get their news now from social media that concerns me yeah and 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 that's very obvious not that I completely trust mainstream media right but I trust even less Clickbait. Joe Bob. Yeah. Uh, you know. Uh, there's so many, uh, like, yeah, you go on a Facebook feed and you you will see the stupidest fucking articles like Snopes needs to be a built-in feature to every fucking oh, yeah. social network site so they can auto-detect whether it's bullshit Snopes or filters. Yeah. Just like an IDS filter? Yeah. Got a Snopes <laughs> filter. We need to have a Snopes filter, man. Dude, for real. <laughs> it really needs to happen because... Like, but then we'll see job opportunities for Snopes engineers. <laughs> Snopes engineers. I like it. Yeah. But yeah, that, that's that's the type of thing that it, there there are risks there, but that exists. It won't be outside search of, optimization. It'll be Snopes optimization. Snopes optimization. <laughs> I like nice. that. Uh, I I might pay for that if that was a service. A <laughs> yeah. dollar a month, I'd do it. But uh, when you look at. Uh, 
Yeah, you're, you're saying that, like, the, the clickbait journalism and, and all the bullshit on the internet about Britney Spears giving Jester Tim Lake a, a blowjob, that, that, that's not the internet. That that exists but, but with Us Weekly and all those and, and tabloids. It's, and it's always been that way. Exactly. When, 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 it predates when, it. When I got my Nook, when I first bought my Nook, they had all of these uh, um, free giveaways to try to get people to get Nooks. Yeah. And so I, I downloaded all these these these, uh, these books from the, all the classics, things that I've always wanted to read but would never um, pay for. <laughs> exactly. Or go to the library and check out, you know, kind of thing. Um, but I had them, and, and and you go all the way back to Plato, and everything is these damn kids today, you know. And yeah. and uh, um, there's a couple things I, I've gotten from that. One is that we aren't going to hell in a handbasket. We've always thought this. But the other is, and in 2,000 years we haven't solved shit? That's pretty pathetic. But but you go back and you look at uh, writings on the walls that they found in uh, um, uh, Pompeii, because it was perfectly preserved. And there's graffiti all over the walls in Pompeii. And it's talking about profane things and talking about leaders and talking about what we do today. Yeah. You know, it, it's nothing new. Um, it's, it's the human condition, unfortunately. Yeah. I, I don't think that that's going to change. I think that if uh, Moore's Law does continue to, uh, you know, double every two years with our computing power and the cost do uh, remain cheaper, uh, it's inevitable that we will reach a point where I don't know if transhumanism will occur in our lifetimes because, man, like that fucking graph when you look at. 2040-ish being the time where... 40 years ago, we had Pong. Just yeah, put it that way. I know, I Just know. Just put it that way. But that was man, nothing. I, it's really hard for me to, to like wrap my head around the idea of, of having nanobots inside of my body in a little over 20 years. But it's possible. Yeah. But just look, 20 years ago, we had dial-up and shit. Oh, well, now we have really fucking fast broadband, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I just don't see, like, AI is nowhere near where it needs to be right now uh, to even think about putting shit in my body that would start regulating my body functions. Like, smart bodies. That, from a security perspective, hello. From a, from a functionality perspective, I mean, fuck. Like, yeah, they can they can do a Nest thermostat, and that's one thing, but I don't want a fucking You don't want a Nest... In my fucking body. <laughs> you don't want a Nest uh, a pacemaker. <laughs> yeah, like, like, there's a lot of concerns outside of security, uh, stability, uh, I mean, all that shit will get ironed out, right? That, like, before it ever happens, at least in the U.S., legally, <laughs> it's, it's gonna be ironed out, but I, I just don't see it happening... If we had the technology today, if it was announced, it would go through FDA approval for probably 15, 20 years. So saying that we're all going to be cyborgs in, by 2050 is bullshit. Just right out the gate. Anyways. That's Shadowcast for the evening. <laughs> I, I would like to, however, I would like to, on the cyborg part of it, I would like to point out that um, my hearing aids can pair with Bluetooth devices. I'm just throwing that out there. Nice. Yeah, well... I don't. I intentionally don't bring the adapter to DHA meetings for obvious reasons, but that's yeah. besides the point. So, um, from a cyborg perspective, uh, could you use that to enhance 
your capabilities. I mean, how would you use that? To, you you could stream something that would uh, perhaps give you information during a you know or. How would you use that to you you yeah. could, you could use a smartphone to ask questions to oh, Google to help. answer um, you in your in your ear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Use Alexa or um, or a Bluetooth microphone hidden somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a cool idea. Uh, yeah, you should do something with that. You need to make that a uh, a little hack of yours. Uh, do you listen to? Uh, like audiobooks with it and shit, but it's 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 like I a, have, you know, I have in the past, but it chews through batteries pretty hard. Oh so. yeah, <laughs> that's true. That yeah. would suck. Well, do you? It's like a lapel mic type uh, little pack, right? Like it, you clip it on somewhere. Yeah, it, it 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 just needs to be relatively close. I can put it in my pocket and be fine. Oh, okay, well that's cool. Well, Mr. Chin, if you weren't a robot in our heads before, you <laughs> definitely are now. And being that you, uh... Take me to your leader. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't believe that the singularity is near, but you do give in to the idea that this may be a computer simulation. Just pointing out the... The, the irony there? Yeah, the irony there. Uh, I'm not perfect. It's part of the human condition. Uh, or, or simulation. Yes. <laughs> Put a USB stick in my arm. I don't. I like a USB port in my arm. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, well, I, I will say that you know, if transhumanism is cloning a VM, if this is a simulation and we achieve transhumanism, then that's a nested virtual machine. So you know, there is well, precedent. And and uh, even if it's not for us, for those that. Um, live on, you know, our our, uh, our our families, or just even historically for the the, the, the uh, humanity. Um, if you can't tell the difference, it may not be that I am Dustin Wirefall, right? Um, after dying, but if I have that clone and it can respond as I would, right, right. I, there's no longer sentience, right? It's no longer me, and no longer grows because it can't be me and grow. But it was what I was. It could answer anything, basically, that I would be able to answer. Right. To my loved ones, or, or to humanity that wanted to know Wirefall. Right. They could ask it questions, and it would be me. And there's right? a startup working on that exact concept. Yeah. A Russian startup. Uh, with that exact goal in mind, not to necessarily make a cybernetic person but make a computer system be able to do a memory dump of your thoughts, your mind, so when you perish, you exist in that state for, for future reference. Kind of like the talking heads of Futurama sort of <laughs> idea of that you would be there in the future. Yeah. yeah. So, it's interesting. But, uh, yeah, I guess that's the feed. <laughs> Some good news, right? Wow. Uh, so let's move into our favorite segment of the show, Straight Out of Florida. Straight out of Dade County, crazy chief on An unidentified man attempted to flee a traffic stop early Monday, but failed in his um, running efforts when he was injured as he jumped 70 feet from an I-4 overpass to avoid a sobriety test. <laughs> oh, shit. 
I'll take the fifteen thousand dollar penalty. Yeah, no shit. Holy shit. This occurred uh <laughs> stereotypically enough, this occurred just after two AM in uh in Tampa. The man suffered knife non knife life <laughs> non knife related injuries. <laughs> yeah, he did not he did not fall off the freeway and land on a knife. <laughs> he, he suffered non-life-threatening injuries, including a broken femur and a wrist. I'm surprised that's all. Wow. Holy um, shit. Tampa PD, according to a Tampa PD report, officers initially pulled the man over for speeding. And after talking to him, a DUI investigator was called to the scene to evaluate the situation. As they were conducting a field sobriety test, he took off on foot and... Uh, ran along I-4 for a short period of time before leaping over the edge into a grassy median 70 feet below. So, is uh, is, is that a union position? Yeah, I was wondering, what the fuck is a DUI investigator? How hard of a yeah. task is that? Can you walk this line? Yeah. Oh, we gotta bring in the expert. Come on now, we gotta make sure that this is a line that is a, um, a, the a shortest point between two distances. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like, I thought all officers had to know that shit. Like, that's something you would think they would know. That's interesting. Hmm. Hmm. But it, so, so, what, so he, he jumps 70 feet. 70 feet wow. to oh. avoid a sobriety test. Like, oh. criminal, criminal charges are pending, if that wasn't obvious. Yeah, so he's, uh, like, how fucked up is his body? A uh, broken femur, which yeah, um, I think is like your thigh, maybe. Right. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Something yeah. like that. Yeah, femur's, th- femur's thigh, tibia's shins. And a uh, broken wrist. How the fuck is that all that happened to him? Wow. My ankles would have been be- fucked. Be- be- because he was drunk. <laughs> Honestly. So yeah, that's true, rolled. because he was drunk. Yeah. I mean, in, in accidents, the people who usually have the least damage to them in an accident is the drunk driver, not of the people course, who are yeah. hit, because they're just completely loose. Yeah. You know, everybody else tenses up and... Yeah. God, so he broke his wrist. He probably landed on his wrist. Yeah, wrist, thigh area. And then, yeah. I bet his face got fucked up. Like... You're assuming it wasn't previously. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> Wow, so, uh, man, I would love to see the dash cam footage of that. <laughs> Do you just imagine? Yeah. See the motherfucker just jump off. Jump off. And they just kind of sit there and scratch their head. Well, shit, now we're going to have to go get an SUV and have to go get him. That's another investigative position. <laughs> wow. Well, thank you for that, Mr. Chen. Quite welcome. Um, did you lose the other article on the uh, the the smoker thing? I, I did. I'm, let me Shit. see if I can pull that up real quick. Because that sounded really interesting. Well, while you're looking that up, if you don't mind me asking, Mr. Chin. Sure. If you were pulled over for a DUI, what would you do? Um. Well, given my um. Well, I, I would never be pulled over for a DUI. Let's just make that clear. You would but... just run away and not get caught? No, but in this hypothetical DUI situation, given my history of how I behave when there's alcohol involved, I might challenge them to some sort of musical lyrical battle. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Nice. Uh, who, who, who did you challenge to a rap battle? Uh, dual core. Dual core. No way. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Mr. Chin, 
challenge dual core to a rap battle. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I, have nothing With, to uh, I have nothing to with say. Results that you would expect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. Uh, here's a here, this isn't the smoking article, but here's a more relevant one to our to our interests. A Florida man fined forty eight thousand dollars for jamming cell phone signals while driving. Um, this this gentleman was a uh, gentleman by the name of Jason Humphreys was slapped with a $48,000 fine by the Federal Communications Division on Wednesday. He's had a cell phone jammer in his car during his daily commute to and from work in Tampa. What is up with Tampa? Um, it's in for, Florida. <laughs> yeah, for the last two years, this, uh, this jammer caused interference to cell service along I-4 and disrupted, ooh, this is a big no-no, and disrupted police communication. Oh man! The FCC to investigate. It looks like he used a wide, uh, wide spectrum jamming device and just kind uh, of. It could have. It could have been uh, police communications through their dispatch oh, computers. It, it could be, yeah. but man, that's. That's. A I don't know. Measure. Yeah. Um. That's just kind of stupid. Yeah. Kind it, of stupid. It, Holy it, shit. You know, uh, one-off things. You're at a bar. There's an annoying person next to you. Yeah. It's illegal. Don't do it. But I can understand that. Um, your commute to work every day. You have a definite path, unless you're a total paranoid and take a different way every day. But you have a start. You have a. Um, you have a destination, and you have a start point. And and you go the same way every day at nearly the same time. That's really Even if you stupid. zigzag through town, you gotta end up yeah, within the exactly. same three or four blocks towards the end anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow. You know, remember, Mr. Chen, we had talked about a daily commute uh, implementation project. Yeah. Implementation. <laughs> I say, isn't it great how you phrase this shit? It's hilarious. Where we were uh, theorizing methods of manipulating the flow of traffic so that your commute would be a whole lot easier. I remember that. Yeah. And we didn't even get to, like... We, we, we know that it's 100% possible we could pull it off, but... But we didn't even get to prototype. No, yeah, because no. the, the, the risk with prototyping that is just Ooh. so much that, like, we could Faraday cage things, that, but, but it, it's still, like, it's such a fucking risky concept that if you were ever like what are you gonna do after oh uh here here's something we've done uh, you know like yeah yeah that's not something you're gonna put on your resume i mean yeah well the fcc is someone i definitely don't want to fuck with uh because I, I i worked hard to get my ham radio license damn it and i don't want to take it away uh so, yeah. Well, thanks, Florida men, for making uh, a couple of laughs occur at a huge expense. So, how much was the fine for uh, the drunk driving? I did not specify. Well, we could expect that's going to be pretty pricey. Well, uh, the fine, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to say twenty to 25000 but the... Uh... And he, $25,000 for DUI? And, and, I don't know. I'm just throwing numbers. And he's a Florida man, so he doesn't have insurance. 
<laughs> so the medical is going to be yeah, more than that. Yeah, the medical is going to suck. <laughs> and this is 48000 for the cell phone jammer? Yeah. That guy, for doing it for two years, that guy got off really easy. Really easy. If you think about it. Yeah. So. They could have thrown, yeah, honestly, they, they could have relatively easily thrown some sort of domestic terrorism charges at him. Or, or like, they could have just charged him millions of dollars. They could have had every instance of using the cell phone jammer be an individual instance. Which, what's the going fine rate? It's like over $100,000 if you fuck with shit. Yeah. Yeah. In, unless you're uh, a police officer. Police officer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he's a stingray. Yeah. yeah. But, uh... Not yeah. that it's a double standard or anything like that. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Uh, well, thank you, Mr. Chin, for those great stories. Uh, so I guess we'll move on to our main topic of the show, or what we like to call your mom. Come one, come all. Engaging your mom in three, two, one. Activate. One of the greatest tips that people give when they tell their grandmother, you know, how to secure her computer, is make sure you download and keep your antivirus up to date. What ends up happening is they bought that shitty computer from Walmart for 250 bucks and came with a 30-day trial of Norton antivirus, and that was the end of it. They ended up getting another security product that they saw online because their computer was slow as shit when they bought it. And then after all the shit they put on their computer, they wanted to get, uh, you know, PC-matic or any of those other fucking commercials that play at 2 o'clock in the morning. Uh, buddy for life. Exactly. That speed up your computer. And, uh... That is something that we've all seen, we've all experienced. What it really comes down to is antivirus is something that we commonly hear recommended for people to secure their systems. And tonight's Your Mom is the argument against antivirus. Anti-antivirus. Anti-antivirus, <coughs> but not pro-virus. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> so in the past year, in the past year, that's a meta. Uh, yeah, uh, Tavis or Mundy or whatever his last name is, can never figure out how to say it. But Tavis over at Project Zero, if you're a listener of the show, we've talked. Google. Uh, yeah, yeah, Project Zero Day at Google. Uh, we we've covered a lot of his stories over the past year. Join uh, our podcast. <laughs> uh, in the past year, I'm going to go over uh, a list of the vulnerabilities that he has discovered in uh, Vendor's products. So for Trend Micro, he's found three vulnerabilities. Komodo, 10. Viro, 1. Malwarebytes, 1. Avast, 7. AVG, 1. FireEye, 1. Kaspersky, 15. ESET Node 32, 3. McAfee, 1. Symantec, 1. And making a total of 43 vulnerabilities <coughs> brought in by antivirus solutions um, and security solutions as a whole. Some of these weren't the antivirus directly, but applications that are provided or solutions that are provided from these vendors with the intent of securing individuals and those are 43 
new vulnerabilities that were were exposed in the past year to millions upon hundreds of millions of uh, their customers across the globe. If we look back uh, further back, uh, well, well, last year, Kaspersky itself, the entire firm, was hacked, uh, and they thought it was the same uh, group behind the Dooku worm, uh, and it was interested in Kaspersky's research in it. That's what Kaspersky believes was behind that attack. Um, we also saw Bitdefender themselves get hacked. And in that instance, all of the stored passwords were fucking unencrypted. Then we go further back to two years ago when Avast was hacked, and 400,000 users uh, their information was uh, leaked to the internet. Their passwords were hashed, but uh, they were not uh, admitting whether or not it was salted. Um, no, they were just hashed, actually. It, yeah, they were actually just hashed. That's it. So that was for their support forum. So if you're having problems with, with uh, Avast and you go and ask for help, well, you get help by all of that information being hacked. Uh, if we go back a little bit further, we'll see that Trend Micro's website was hacked, and it actually ended up affecting uh, other uh, servers as well. Uh, according to Trend Micro, it was 20,000 web pages were all compromised. And these are from the fucking people who are supposed to be protecting uh, everyone from our largest enterprises to our grandmothers. And we are entrusting them with defending our last line of defense for security. And my question is, why the fuck do we even need their products? So, Wirefall, what's your thoughts? Well, I'd like to start with uh, uh, Tavis's latest right. uh, Project Zero. Uh, um, the Semantic Norton Antivirus ASPAC Remote Heap memory corruption. Um, so these are the people, like you said, that are supposed to be protecting us. So you expect them to understand security because that's what they are selling. Right. Um, I can do nothing better than read his actual uh, 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 post. When parsing executables packed by an early version of ASPAC, a buffer overflow can occur in the core semantic antivirus engine used in most semantic and Norton branded antivirus products. The problem occurs when the section data is truncated, that is, when size of raw data is greater than size of image. Okay, so you're telling somebody, here is the size of something that I'm going to do. Yeah. And it doesn't jive with the size of what you actually do. Right. Uh, that's one of the things you always check. Exactly. Nope, they didn't. Okay. This is a remote code execution vulnerability. Because Semantic use a filter driver to intercept all system I.O., just emailing a file to a victim or sending them a link is enough to exploit it. So, so, so when, we, when, we, when we preach and preach about anti-phishing and security, don't open suspicious emails. You didn't even have to fucking do that. Exactly. Somebody sent you one, and that exploited you. You didn't even look at it. Yeah. You, 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 you know, 
It was to your fucking spam filter. Exactly. Uh, on Linux, Mac, and other Unix platforms, this results in a remote heap overflow as root in the semantic or Norton process. On Windows, <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> this results in kernel memory corruption as the scan engine is loaded into the kernel. He actually puts, what the fuck? Yeah. Right? Because, yes, where else would you unpack potential malware than in the fucking kernel? Yeah. Um, making this a remote ring zero memory corruption vulnerability. This is about as bad as it can possibly get. He goes on to do that. He provides a proof of concept that blue screens any, any box that you do this on. Uh, but they can be easily modifiable, and I'm sure it's already been metasploited. Of course. Um, to give you full, I mean, ring zero fucking on Windows, root on, on Linux. Yeah. And, the, and this, it, when you look at... And you're paying them yeah. to keep you secure. Yeah, and, and, and we look at that as like the, you know, uh, the in-client protection, uh, but that's also going to affect middleware as well. If you craft this... For a middleware solution that's using their engine, yep. you're fucked. Your middleware is fucked. Well, I, I would say more of the uh, the people who are probably using hacked versions or things, because if you're getting an update, this was on the... Right. It's Google Zero, so they gave 90 days of notice. Right. It's been fixed before it was published. True. Um, if you have an updated version, nothing. There's no problems. It's been exactly. updated. But, but yeah. Um, well, you you also have problems with uh, everyone should have updated. Yes. But there's also because if you're in an enterprise, Grandma ain't been on the internet for thirty days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you have an enterprise where um, updates are something that you just don't have automatically distributed to users because that breaks shit all the time. Fuck, like Patch Tuesday. Is not when a lot of enterprises patch because you have to do QA. Yep. And so that's in an ideal scenario in a large enterprise. You're going to have to have some time there where they can do some QA and be like, okay, this doesn't fuck our entire imaging up. We can push this out for our users. Yep. You know, the, and, and then... Well, the Google Zero gives 90 days. Right. That should be more than enough for a company to respond well, well, yeah, the company, Smantech, but I'm talking about, like, I have Enterprise XYZ, and I'm trying to ensure that my users don't have all of my desktops so don't get fucked over by an update. No, no, I'm saying 90 days should be enough for Symantec and 30 days to respond. Right. Push right. the update. People have time to test. And, yeah. And 90 days, three months. If you can't fucking get everything done in three months. Yeah. But sadly enough, you're, you're going to hear about someone getting owned using this. I promise you. Oh, yeah. That, that, those point-of-sale systems that have Spantec endpoint protection, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of those... <laughs> Running <would> be... XP? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. I'm surprised a lot of those, that they probably would not have uh, definition updates. Or they might have definition updates, but not, like, updates to the software itself. Mm -hmm. Because it requires a restart. And so, who's going to restart? No one ever restarts. Yeah. Like, 50 patches waiting for that Windows. When you finally turn off the computer, it's like, fuck... Well, I guess I'm going to launch for three that, hours. That's why I always just do hibernate, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, that's that's a real issue. And it, 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 Mr. Chin, uh, what are your thoughts? Should you have antivirus? Should you not? What's your thoughts on the, 
their responsibility here? Um, I think so. Okay, I've been on the internet for a long time, and back in the day, antivirus is something you really kind of needed, or at least I, at my at, at my state of being on the internet, it's something I certainly needed because I was off clicking the download dangerous malware button and off just being a stupid little stupid stupid something on the internet. But stupid these something. days, yeah, exactly. These days, it's it's to the point where you know a little bit of common sense goes a long way. Um, uh, on one hand, it's the whole don't open shit from people that you aren't soliciting. Don't click the download dangerous malware button. All of those toolbars that you think you need for all of your coupons and whatnot are, you know, if they're for free, somebody's the product and it's probably you. Um, I, I don't know. At, at this point, I don't see... For for my family and, and the level of uh, computer intelligence that, that I'm trying to maintain... Um, all around and the people that I know and, and associate with. I just don't see the point. On the other hand, um, even with all of this in mind, uh, with the the updates and everything that we've just covered, I'm going to push an antivirus solution to someone like, say, my grandma. Yeah, yeah. I, I would agree with uh, grandma, yes. yes. Uh, with my grandkids, yes. yes. I have it on their, their computers. Um, do I run it? No. Um, but it's because now also, at one point, your computer was your computer. That was all you had, and you had to break the shit out of it. Yeah. Right? Now, yes, I have my computer. I run a dozen virtual machines. I have a virtual machine for my banking. I have a virtual machine for my web browsing. I have a virtual machine for this. And, and the ones that I do anything that might possibly expose me are read-only boot-off CDs. Right. So, uh, right. Oh, or ISO images. Yeah. So, right. um, I hope there, you're there, uh, there's no downloading risk. and updating those every so often. Updating my the ISOs. ISOs. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But but so, antivirus then becomes completely unnecessary because yeah, great. You can compromise that session. I terminate it after I use it. Right. Um. Yeah. Whoop de do. Yeah, exactly. And so, uh, and of course you're not. And we've kind of got we went to passwords, password management a little bit earlier. But you're not sharing, you know, Hunter Twelve across eighteen million services. <laughs> no, no. It, all, all, all my pass. I don't know any of my passwords. We, we've, yeah, had talks about, we've had talks about this of mm -hmm. how that that creates interesting situations with the companies you deal with, but. Um, but I don't even have my password safes on my banking VMs. So I have a different VM that has the password safe. I open that, I can see that, and I type that entry into my other VM for my banking applications. Right? Yeah. So it never even fucking exists on that. You yeah. know? And that only exists for the time that I'm doing that. Yeah. Because then after that, it's reset to the original uh, VM. So, yeah. Well, I see uh, with with antivirus solutions, uh, there's always... I, I'm always asked commonly, what's the best antivirus program? And, and I, I tell everyone, none 
there, there's no best one. No. Kaspersky has a really good detection rate, but they had more vulnerabilities in the past year than any other and vendor. I, I get that question all the time as well. And yeah. and the thing I've always gone with is, like I said, who I'm protecting. Yeah. Um, Your threat model. The threat model. Um, there's certain ones I won't go with. I'm not going to mention them, but who I won't go with because they're just too onerous on the fucking system resources. Of course. But overall, it's what the fuck is on sale at that point in time at Fry's? <laughs> you know, what has the $50 rebate on the $50 software? Yeah. I don't give yeah. a shit. Um, but lately, for the past few years, it's always been Viper. Right. Um uh, Viper, I've been able to get uh, 10 PCs for, I think it's two years, for $50. Yeah. You can't That's beat that, and, and, and it's a decent product. Right. So, um, for for the computers, I think need some sort of level where the, the, the grandkids are going to click stupid shit. Right. I can't stop them. Maybe this will stop three quarters some of, of that shit. Yeah. Right. So. Well, the... Um what, one problem that I see is when people are trying to do antivirus solutions, they think that as long as they have an antivirus, then they're fucking set. Like, well, I've got an antivirus. I don't know how my computer got compromised. Well, let me... Have you updated the definitions in three years? Oh, well, no, yeah, yeah. it's automatically done, right? That's I'm good, right? Well, even if they update the definitions, I mean, it, it, yeah. it's, it's all signature-based. It's just yeah, so it's they, they, reactive. Yeah. It's, it's, oh, well, you had a dropper and a rat that's not detected. Go fucking figure. Like, that's not 90% of what's yeah. out there right now. So yeah. you also have the problem of, of the, the rogue security software, where you think that you're getting something that secures your system that in and of itself is the malware. Uh, where, you know, there was uh, a few years ago, there was... When it was the end of Iris 2009? Exactly, yes. There was, like, it, Security Essentials 2010, which, you know, obviously when you see that name, you think of Microsoft Security Essentials, but that was a piece of uh, ma malware security software. There was A&G antivirus. <laughs> yeah. AMG, yeah. Uh, stuff that, you know, if you, if you looked at it, you might think that is, you know, uh, something, you know, like Antivirus 360, like Norton 360. Um, do a call back to another subject we were talking about earlier. Yeah. With the password safes. How do you try, there are thousands of apps. If exactly. you go If you go to Android or, or, or wherever, um, Play Store password saves. How many of those are actually just fucking taking your passwords? Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. And uh, well, one thing that's actually interesting is some of those vulnerabilities that I uh, talked about that Tab has discovered were not in the AV engine itself. So your antivirus is one thing. And my main fucking problem with a lot of these antivirus solutions is that it's not just the antivirus. It's all this fucking bullshit that they add in there with it. And so he was finding with Komodo, their secure browser actually inherently made Chrome yes. insanely insecure. You had AVG where their password safe was based off a of fucking node 
and there was all these vulnerabilities with the password safe to where you could just fucking take them all. And, and, and that's an issue is, um, I, my father, holy shit, if I have tried and tried and tried for years to- And, and he still won't love you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So there was, like, like, you gotta think back when I was like a kid on the internet. And I'm the one who's infecting the computer, right? Yeah. There, there was a certain point, like, when I was, like, you know, 9 or 10, where I was not the one infecting the computer anymore. Like, that torch had been passed on to him. And, like... He, he found port tube. <laughs> so, I, I go to uh, help him on his computer, and he's got the shit on there that's like security whatever the fuck on top of his already like existing antivirus that I put on there and he's got like a password safe and all this shit and I'm like oh a credit card keeper a credit card safe so yeah a credit card safe wow. and I was just like oh no. no don't do this to me and it's like well you wouldn't answer my call so I wouldn't got this <laughs> They're trying to make my computer faster. Had a registry speed up thing. All this bullshit. The product, uh, I never heard of it ever. And I was like, screw this. You need to cancel all your cards and all this stuff. Like, you just screwed up big time. And it's like, well, I paid for it. And I'm like, well, yeah, yeah, I know. You really screwed up big time here. Uh, and and that's, that's something that happens all the time. All the time. And people think that they're... The, the, these products work because it's like a placebo effect or, or maybe their registry was really fucked and it helped it out and, 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 and we also have an issue with that is like oh well Avira AVG they, want, they, they give you all these things and then they want you if, if they're free antivirus they want you to obviously pay for the, the update and those ads are just fucking annoying as like the, the, the spyware itself like What's the win here? Enterprise endpoint protection software is usually pretty fucking quiet. And so I appreciate the fact that it's not, like, just jizzing all over your computer. Speaking uh, of, uh, speaking of pretty jizzing? quiet, I, uh, guys, I gotta, I gotta bail or I'm gonna be falling asleep and you're gonna ask me a question, I'm gonna be snoring. So, we're kinda, kinda reaching that point where I need to step away, so. Alright, Mr. Chin, well, thank you. Enjoy the enjoy the remainder of the show and try not to make too many jokes at my expense. All right. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers, everybody. But uh, yeah, so uh, with all the rogue security software, with all of these hacks, with all of this, what's some solutions? Like you said, use virtual machines. Yeah. And uh, yeah, um, what's the solution? There's really fantastic solutions, not for the masses. At this exactly. point, at this point in time, exactly. on, on, honestly, and uh, um, you know, I I have yet to see a compromise in my machines. You know, I'm not saying that I I haven't experienced one at some point without knowing it. Right. But uh, because of that, you know, segmentation of what I'm doing, and a lot of stuff just being write read only uh, environments. Um, most people aren't going to operate like that. 
you know, you, you can't convince grandma <laughs> to launch um, uh, virtual box and spin up a version of a, uh, you know, a, a secure Linux, whatever. But, but honestly, uh, one of the things, um, Microsoft has done fantastic things from a security perspective. In their their history and what they're what they're trying to do. Yeah. Um, but I'm ready to give them up. That this whole fucking I, I'm not saying Windows 10 isn't cool. Right. I, I don't know. I haven't I haven't converted yet. But I have legacy reasons not to go there yet. Right. And right. this whole pushing this shit. You know what? Um, I'm gonna have a VM for Windows 10 because. Everything has to have something that only has a Windows driver, you know, right, 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 yeah, or something. Yeah. So I will have that. I'm gone. I'm done with fucking Windows. Right. Because of this. Because yeah. of their aggressive pushing this shit on. I have a legitimate reason to be on something I fucking bought from you. Yeah. And then p- trying to trick me into upgrading or and just all this. Doing it. Or just doing it kind of stuff is. I'm fucking done with you. I'm. I am fucking done. And they. More exploits, yes, they have a great market share, right. so that's why you're going to have more exploits. Exactly. But, 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 and you've done good things, but everything, if, if you cut out Windows, you'd have no fucking exploits almost. Right. You know, well, you, well, you Android, will. Yeah, Android, you will. you'll have more because, because they would be gone. Yeah. But, um, I was a supporter. I, I was like, this is fine. I, lo- I don't mind having my main machine as Windows with my virtual boxes that I do of all, where most of my time I'm spending in Linux, but it's in a virtual box. Right. On a Windows machine because I have certain things that I need to do in Windows and I Office kind of things, but everything now that I can do in everything else, uh, I will have a Windows 10 because they'll force me. Yeah. Virtual machine. Yeah. To do the things I absolutely have to do in Windows, but I'm fucking done with them. Yeah. And you know what? Ninety plus percent of my risk vector in in uh, uh, viruses is gone. Right. Of course. And and I think the thing is, like uh, you know the 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 phrase. Uh, the year of desktop Linux. <laughs> like, as long as I've been into Linux, yeah, since yeah. I was, yeah. like, a kid, to now, but, it's been the year of desktop Linux, but we're but it's getting, coming. It's coming. It actually, like... Because I think a lot of people are really pissed off at what they're fucking doing. And and the thing is, we're finally at a point with desktop Linux where you're not having to give Sacrifice. up so much. Sacrifice. Yeah. No, you're not. And, and with this push, you know, like, when I was, uh, like... Uh, 15, 16, and I was doing uh, a lot of, like when I first started working professionally and was doing web applications and, and, and developing solutions, uh, I, I was always pushing like, oh, oh no, no, we, we don't want to look at doing a client-side application here, let's do a web application. Um, and, and, and let's make it so that cross-browser cross, cross browser support, we need to have cross-compatibility. And, and no one gave a shit because everything was IE. Yeah. And, and I was like, no, no, we, we have to support Firefox. We have to support Firefox. And, and it's why, why, why? Because at some point, wouldn't it be great to where you don't actually have to have all this licensing you're paying for Windows and the application can yeah. be on a web browser? And 
and no one would really get that point. But now that that Web 2.0 is, I guess, what we're still considering it solved. Now that we have HTML5, Ajax is now. We don't, I, when's the last time you heard Ajax? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, we've all moved into this whole realm where web apps are the de facto default now. Like, everything's a web app. Dropbox has a client, but. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. we we use web apps. Our social social media is all web apps. Chromebooks are all web apps, mm -hmm. and Chromebook is like they outsold uh, um, uh, the Mac platform just recently. Oh, really? They yeah. they crossed. Wow. They finally outsold them. Yeah. And, and you know what? It makes sense because most people are just fucking in a browser if you exactly at, if you look at college students um, most people I knew weren't fucking using office they were using open office and LibreOffice and they were using Google Docs like that's crazy because you know and, and on a development platform you can get an app where you have an instance in the cloud right so you're not even right you don't need to run anything locally exactly you're, you're compiling all your shit in the cloud yeah and, and, and then you have instant deployment on every platform. And if you want to do a shitty app, like, for example, uh, well, there's a lot of them. Uh, <laughs> but, but say if you have a responsive web application uh, that, you know, the website itself, you know, if you open on your mobile phone, tablet, whatever, you know, it's just, it's responsive. It just... You can make your fucking app. It's just a web view, uh, uh, an app. Oh, I click on it, and it's just a sandbox browser that goes to app. That's how easy it is now, once you have a web application, to to have it on every platform. So that's what we're seeing, and 90% of what the average person's doing is inside of the web browser. So... Uh, Chromebook. Get rid of the OS. Yeah, yeah. Chromebooks are a fucking fantastic solution. When people ask me what's the best antivirus, I say a Chromebook. Chromebook. Yeah. Get Very a fucking good. Chromebook. What do you need a computer for? What do you do? What do you fucking yep. do? Oh, you 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 uh you use Word. How how often do you actually use Word? Okay. Well, well. Instead of fucking buying it, why don't you go over to Kinkos when you need to use it, or use Google Docs. Or pay for Office 365, yeah. you know, and have the web base. Whatever. There's there's options, right? That there's you, you can do it all in a web-based environment. And if you can do it in a web-based environment, like if you can use a Chromebook, then there's no reason why you can't use a fucking Linux desktop. And then on top of that, you have LibreOffice. You have Steam, so you can have Linux games. You know, you can have all of this shit where, uh, you know... There's there's more available now than there ever has been. Fuck, you can even stream Netflix now on Linux. Like, you have to use Chrome, but, uh, you know, you still can do it. And that is a good thing. We don't actually have to rely on Windows. And if you do actually need to use Windows, that's just a virtual machine away. Exactly. Uh, now, I understand 100% if you're into gaming, if you're an enthusiast... But if you're in, uh, an enthusiast, then you will more than likely know more about computers and not have a lot of the same threat models as yep. the fucking grandma who just gets on Facebook and sends shitty email forwards. Yeah, and she has no reason to have anything but a Chromebook. Exactly. Yep. And, 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 the, and, and, you know, like, if you look at tablets, 
the reason why tablets are so successful for a lot of people is because all of the bullshit they've had to deal with. I, I, I can't tell you how many people from baby boomers to, you know, and, and down, uh, but baby boomers especially, who just are sitting there like stock images, just sitting there shaking their fist at the fucking computer or scratching their head or, or just crying because of their fucking computer, just get a shitty tablet and they love it because they have their apps and they can do all their things. I thought the success of uh, tablets was because um, if you took your laptop into the bathroom, it was evident you were masturbating. <laughs> As someone who's taken their laptop to the bathroom to not masturbate with, I've always had that thought. You're gonna think I'm jerking off. Yeah. Now just I was just in the middle of watching this episode and I don't wanna yeah. So, uh yeah. The the tablet uh is a great example that people can and do use a very fucking handicapped platform to do a lot of their web browsing and interaction online. There's no reason for you to not use something like a Chromebook or, or uh, a fucking Linux PC because there's no real... Just pretend it's a fucking tablet. Just in your head think, oh, this is a tablet with a keyboard. But I won't have the great uh, connectivity that Link offers. <laughs> Yeah. Well, they actually have Link in, in the browser now. So, oh, okay. So, so you do get that great connectivity. Uh, one, one thing that uh, I will say, aside from that, you can, uh, if you do stay on Windows, uh, using Sandboxy, that's a good step. Uh, using a tool like VirusTotal, if you have something that's suspicious... Fucking upload that bitch to VirusTotal and let 40 plus antivirus engines scan that file. Now, of course, I would not recommend doing this in an enterprise because if someone's checking that checksum on VirusTotal, they will know that you have, have are performing analysis on it, so that's not a good thing. But if you are just grandma. a normal, Yeah, grandma, if you can bookmark VirusTotal for her, and say if if Sally sends you a, a zip file, here here I call bullshit. Okay. Because ostensibly, yes, I agree with you, but Grandma has not yet been able to use. What? What were we talking about earlier? Pornhub. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Snopes, man. Oh, Snopes. Yeah, you're right. You're you know right. she can't she can't figure out how to figure out that Facebook is bullshit because yeah. Snopes. Yeah. Um, how's she gonna be able she to figure out? She still thinks that Obama's birth certificate's not real. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So how do you convince her that? Yeah, it's a good point. Um, one thing, ad blocker is an absolute must uh, because of the fact that. Hmm. Without it, it's just like like I. I mean, speed is one thing. That's great that you get that advantage, but so many of these attacks now are coming through legitimate ad yeah. networks. Dude, I, I go to fucking download uh, uh, something from an open source project, and they have to have ads to to, to fucking do it. Sporting. And, and I have I can't tell you how many times I'm just going through the process like I always have. And I fucking click that that banner download link. 
Oh yeah. You know, because yeah. it's a fake download buttons. Yeah. And yep. and what does it do? It redirects you to like say I'm trying to download uh, a BitTorrent client, right? I go and click on that download ad, and it, it gives me a BitTorrent client that I can download, and it's the exact same open source uh, looking branded site. Except for it's a malicious one. Yep. It's very popular with LimeWire, uh, peer-to-peer applications within the Nutella network. Was there were uh, malicious like spyware programs that were uh, just forks of Nutella clients that just had their own spyware in there. Very clever. And that exists today with a lot of different programs that are free. If you have a free application, if you're downloading a free application. It's imperative that you have an ad blocker just so you click the right fucking button because sometimes yeah. it gets really confusing, even for someone who knows their shit. So I recommend if you download common applications like when you go and you set up a computer or grandma needs an application. So how do they get the ad blocker in the first place? Because Yeah, because there's all these fake ones. Yeah. That's where you're going to have to just... Do it for good. <laughs> You're gonna have to call whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right because doing a search for a U-block yeah. origin. Oh, you're gonna get yeah the shit that, that is trying to yeah yeah, yeah. It, and you know uh, with the the fucking Chrome I, I guess you could say marketplace you know where you go and get extensions and add-ons. Uh, you know, try as they might, there's a lot of malicious shit on there. Yeah. A lot. And I love uh, um, Firefox. I do. Uh, they've had some great plugins from a pen tester perspective that yeah. really made things really cool to, to play with. Firebug, especially. For yeah. Me. Um, but I thought it was really telling from the last um, Cansec. I think it was Cansec. The, where they have the. Uh, uh, the full, um, what's it called? The, uh, um, the hacking the web browser. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Um, Firefox was not even invited to the last one. It was Chrome, IE, and whatever. Firefox was not even included because they said it was so freaking trivial to compromise Firefox that they're not going to pay out. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, so... Even though I love Firefox? Yeah. Yeah. If you have problems with uh, trusting Google, there is Chromium, which doesn't have their proprietary shit. Uh, And if you are like, well, fuck that. Uh, Well, Firefox now has fucking Pocket plug-in and and this VoIP shit all installed and, and... you know, they've got to make money somehow, right? And that's how they're doing it. Uh, there's always ice weasel, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you yeah, gr- be- Grandma and Ice Weasel. <laughs> <laughs> God, talking about support calls, right? Uh, one thing I will say that's great is I, I don't like, uh, like, I-, I prefer using Chromium uh, over-, over Firefox or Ice Weasel. Uh, I use I use both browsers all the time, but uh, have have you looked at all? At, uh, what is it? it? I want to say Vivaldi, something like that. Um, the previous Opera. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That fork. 
Yeah. Yeah, I haven't fucked with it. Which sounds really cool. It does, it does. So I, I, I need to look on that more. Uh, but yeah, this antivirus issue, um, one problem, of course, is... So, so the argument for not using an antivirus, what do you do to mitigate this? Uh, for enterprise environments, well, that's not necessarily realistic, but there are some really smart products that are coming to market that tie in with endpoint products that I think at some point will be able to have a relative level of, uh, yeah, you know what, we're always going to be fucked, what can I say? But there are some really cool sandboxing solutions that exist. Uh, Zscaler has one. Carbon Black has their special way of going about doing their endpoint protection. There's some cool stuff that's coming out there, and I think it'll get better in time. When we have stuff like cubes, if cubes could actually be installed on normal computers, that would be really cool. Uh, I've spent hours trying to get it to work on a Lenovo ThinkPad, which is supposed to be like one of the better laptops for it, and I couldn't even fucking run the installer worth of shit. Um, there's a lot of issues there, but if really what most people need, they only need a handful of applications at the end of the day. They only need a handful of applications. Yep. So if you're on Windows, if you're trying to set up an, uh, a computer for someone, or if grandma just bought a new computer, and uh, you know, let's say it's a dream scenario, it's a clean and solve Windows, uh, use Ninite, that's what I recommend, N-I-N-I-T-E.com, and it's literally a place where you can just checkbox applications that you want to install, and it will create an automated installer, and you run it, and it'll download, install the applications from the actual sources, uh, and you don't have to worry about if you wanting to download FUBAR 2000, if it's going to be the actual site or not. Putty, for example, like, oh, yeah. Putty's the worst. Putty's the worst. So... That's a great website. You can literally click, oh, I want to install Chrome, Firefox, Qubit Torrent, 7-Zip, uh, you know. Because my nanny wants putty like you can't <laughs> believe. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and while you're at it for your grandma, you can also develop, uh, you can you can click on Python and have that installed. But once you've got those applications. Nanny always wants Python. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, it definitely. Uh, so once you have those applications, you click get your 9-night. It has the application. You run it. It installs all of the things automatically. And then if you ever want to update it, you just run it again and uh, downloads the update. That's like an easy way for someone who has to be on Windows to get the essential applications they need without all the bullshit. And don't pirate your fucking shit. And you really have no reason to not be, uh, uh, you know, using an antivirus. Like, don't pirate Windows and expect things to be secure, especially if all the instructions are in Russian. <laughs> but do we really need antivirus for us? No. No. But if we can convince our grandmas, our parents, our... Uh, unfortunate people out there who have children to not <laughs> use a full like if they're if they're happy with the tablet but they still want to sit in front of a computer there's nothing wrong with getting them a you know Intel compute stick or a Chromebook or some shit like that and just move them over to a secure platform uh, because 
as I said, 41 vulnerabilities in the past year for the very product, or 43 for the very products that are so, supposed to be securing us and some very, very catastrophic vulnerabilities. It's just not really worth paying that fee for for people who can have let, solutions Let me there. pay you to exploit me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the opposite of ransomware. Yeah. <laughs> I'll pay you to exploit me with ransomware that I didn't have to pay to, to, yeah. to take care of. Yeah. So, uh... I think that's my argument in a nutshell. Uh, I guess yours too. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so to, to summarize, fuck Arizona. I. You you don't like Arizona. <laughs> so fuck Arizona and fuck antivirus. I guess is the new uh, combos there. Uh, any last words from you, Wirefall? No. <laughs> there we go. Alright, well I guess that wraps everything up. Uh, again, thanks to Mr. Chin for joining us and not falling asleep in black math. Fuck you. Uh, so, uh, as always here at Shadow Systems, we encourage you to hack the planet. <laughs>